You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 121 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. I'm excited about this little snapshot that we've got today. Yes, so we have a snapshot today, which is a mini-sode. So in between our regular programming, sometimes we have a mini-sode where we answer listener questions because we've got some great questions from listeners. And of course, if you do want to ask us a question, about photography, then do email us news at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. But let's just get straight into these short and sharp snapshots. And we have a question. Our first question is from Kari Doyle. Now, Kari has said, she's uploaded some photos, which if you want to have a look at them, we will put them in the show notes, which you can also find at ginamilitia.com. Now, Kari has said, my first baby photo shoot. Gina, I now understand why you say to get up early to catch the light. Thanks. Any feedback? Welcome. Maybe just a tad obsessed with starbursts at the moment. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) Kari has uploaded uh, some shots of this gorgeous baby. Uh, I think it's a girl. (laughs) Well, or it could be a boy. Uh, Gorgeous baby sitting. uh, It's an outdoor shoot, so sitting in some long grass but also with presumably the mother holding him, holding it up a little bit like Simba from, you know, The Lion King. I love that scene from The Lion King. Yeah, it's, it's a great scene, scene. Ever, don't you think? I can so hear a little cute. Lion King in the background, Val. Yeah, I know. I've got a little Simba <laughs> running around um, the house at the moment, little Rexy. You might hear him meowing because he's uh, a bit hungry. But, um, yes, you can have a look at the images if you want in the show notes, uh, but there's some great shots of this little baby. Now, mm. what are your comments, Gina? All right. Well, first of all, Kari, I think uh, you've done a great job with the uh, exposing and setting up of these shots and also getting the baby to engage, which is always really difficult with babies. And I think doing the right thing is getting getting up early to get the, the nice flat light. But also I find with babies that uh, they're best first thing in the morning when they're not too hungry, they're not grumpy, they're not tired. Mm. I think six o'clock, I think universally 6 p.m. is the worst time for babies. I had a name for it that I can't repeat when uh, (laughs) when my babies were young, but it's when everything goes wrong. So probably if you're going to be – spend a lot of time taking portraits of babies, just avoid that time. Uh, and I generally as a, uh, ask the parents, what time is your baby at its best? When is it happiest? Because like yeah. all babies have a, a general time that they're like alert, awake. So that's that's a good 
good start for when you're doing a baby portrait. So with these images, I love that uh, you've gone outside and uh, yes. used some nice, even flat lighting. So that's taken that out of the equation because with little babies, they're wriggly. They're like they've got a very short attention span. So it's a matter of having your shot set up putting the baby down wherever you want it to be photographed and then it's go. There isn't time to be sort of, okay, so what we're going to do now, baby, is I really want you to feel the energy of the day. You can't, you don't, can't do any of that. You've just got to get straight into it. So, um, I like I like the uh, the location with the long grass and mm. the sort of the natural look in the background and then the uh, the the different shots that you've done. So all fantastic, Kari. What I would do to take these shots to the next level is I'd look at probably uh, filling the frame a bit tighter. So there's one image where you've got uh, your baby uh, in the middle of the frame. There's uh, lots of grass leading us into the baby and then there's uh, quite a lot of background. But I, I kind of feel like the baby looks, because it's like babies are, are small, a bit lost in the frame. So I'd, I'd like to see the baby fill the frame a bit more and so uh, moving in a bit closer and the other thing I'd like to see you do is drop the camera angle and I think a lot of people when they're first photographing small children, pets or even mm-hmm. babies is uh, because uh, they're so small that you're either crouching or you're standing and the, and, and the angle is always looking down on the child or the pet so it makes them look really small uh i think a better angle is to actually and this is where the hard work comes in val you've got Mm. to get down on your knees or lie down on your tummy to get the Mm. best angle for a baby so the baby actually towers over the shot and really is the hero of the frame and then come in a lot tighter fill the frame the other thing i would suggest that you watch out for uh in these sorts of shoots is that you haven't got anything that seems to be appears to be growing out of the back of the baby's head so Mm. a busy background and I, i like this background that you've chosen with the grass but there's just uh, some branches of trees that because of the baby has very light hair it kind of starts to blend in with the uh, with trees. the background and so that that's uh, uh, sort of um, a, a real shame for this image so so either look for uh, a part of the forest uh, or the the bush that's a bit heavier and denser foliage so that mm. it is like one dark green and there isn't anything and these these are the things that you work out as you go along when you've done it a few times. I remember my first editorial shoot, I had a pole growing out of the back of someone's head and I didn't mm-hmm. even notice until the editor pointed it out and, you know, I was really happy with the shot. The editor said, it's all great except for the pole growing out of the person's head. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of uh, getting used to that. Um, and the rest of it, like you've captured the beautiful light, the, the the glow in the background. I really love that. And I love the idea of, uh, you know, lifting the baby up in the air Simba style yeah. to get that, uh, to get like uh, lots of uh, great sort of energy out of the child. Finally, uh, white balance is something I'd also look at in this shot. 
because you've got so much green going on. Uh, the first thing I noticed when I looked at this shot was it overall it had uh, a green tinge to it, and that's easily uh, fixed if you take that image into Lightroom and just do an auto white balance click, and that will get it looking be- uh, a little more neutral overall. So well done, Kari. It's like um, I'm excited for you. I'm glad you're into Starburst. Even Valerie mm. Koo's doing Star. I-, I saw you post one during the week, Val, a Starburst. Um, yes, on my you've... early morning ferry ride. I know this is amazing. This um, <laughs> I don't even know who you are anymore, Valerie Koo. Because <laughs> like, first of all, you're on a ferry. I know. Um, what what happened? I'm like, she must have. She must be sleepwalking or something. <laughs> Valerie's taking public transport and then you've got happen to have your camera and then you're doing Starburst and then you're posting the photos. It's too yeah, much. I know, too much. I, I was shocked too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good fun, definitely good fun. Now that I have my camera that I can put in my bag. It's the handbag size camera. That's well, right. it's the, the, the camera you have with you, Val. It, if it means it's going to help you take more photos, then I think it's the best camera you've ever had. Yep, fantastic. Fantastic. All right, so I love the Starbursts too, Kari. They're they're gorgeous. Now, our second question is from Mike Hickman. Now, this is an interesting question. So Mike has said, help, (laughs) getting asked to take photos of a local cover band that plays 70s and 80s with a splash of funk, disco and country. I've got a few ideas of everybody laugh and reservoir dogs, single profile shots, and I'm sure I'll come up with some others, but what about pricing? Do I hit them off with a half-day rate or just go hourly? Well, that's a really good question, Gina. Mm. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, and and like the way I charge uh, my clients, it, dif- it differs depending on who I'm working with. But I think for something like this, when you're working with bands, I, I would opt for a uh, a fixed rate package yep. and that's what I would charge when and, and then you could have a flyer and advertising and th- this is the sort of thing it's word of mouth so this band if they like their shots they'll go back and tell their other band friends this yep. is what we got this shot this is with the fixed price and there's no surprises and I know that like often with bands they're starting out it's like it's not like they're um, a flush for, for, for cash and, and they do need to factor in like when they're looking around for quotes for their photography their recording everything they do they want to know ahead of time so that they can put their budgets together so they're not going to really like they might they might you might get them in with a oh yeah it's a hundred dollar session fee and then you add on another um 50 costs after that and they end up with a $5,000 bill. You can do that once with a lot of people, but you'll only be able to do that once. And I know that a lot of people don't, I I don't appreciate surprises like that. So I'd rather see everything written down. And I think for this sort of photography, it it would be uh, the best sort of way to, to approach it. So I would, um, I would uh, list it as a, a and and the other thing that I like about this way of charging Mike, it's, it's about, uh, 
you're charging for the actual shoot and it's not about the time it takes you to get there because if it takes you five minutes or five hours to get the shot it's not about the time you're not charging by the hour it's the actual job that you're doing for them you're charging for value as opposed to an hourly rate so you know i don't believe in putting an hourly rate on something unless it's uh, a client is asking me to attend an event that might go over one or two days um and it's not it's uh, you know that's part of the uh, you know the fee that I have to put but something like this I would do it as a a, a, a block like a whole like a, a a package and also make sure that you uh, include what's included in that package so you might offer them uh, three different looks that they can use over the course of a year and uh, individual headshots and then you might also add that uh, not included in your price would be things like hair and makeup or styling uh, and then you could put a price uh, uh, down the bottom of your quote of what that might cost them and uh, other little incidentals like location fees and uh, extra retouching. So you've got a set rate that you offer them and this is what they'll get for that price. Uh, Have you got anything more to add to that, Val? Yeah, I'm a big believer in charging for value because Mm. once you put an amount on an hourly rate on something like this, then Pete, there are too many uncertainties. Uh, As Gina said, they don't know whether you're going to take one hour or four hours or whatever. They're always looking at the clock um, that if you, you know, forget something or if you do something that appears like you could have done it more efficiently, um, some clients can get cranky. Whereas if it's a set rate, it doesn't matter how long or short you do it as long as you deliver on the value. Exactly. Um, So I think that that's very important. I I often always charge, um, almost always, I would say, 99% of the time I would charge a project fee rather than um – uh, an, an hourly rate. And I advise mm. that to many of the creative entrepreneurs that I, um, uh, that I, um, mentor. And mm. I was talking to, uh, so an artist, uh, as in a painter who I've mentored and she, you know, was bemoaning the fact that once you f- divide all of the hours <laughs> into her her painting, that what she's charging for the painting, that it ends up being a really crummy hourly rate. And I said, well, you yep. need to charge more for your painting. Yeah. And fortunately, and, and, and fortunately, she's now doubled her prices actually very successfully. And mm. um, she stopped talking to people about the hourly rate because it's not or the amount of hours that go into it because it's not just about the hours, it's the 20 years of experience exactly. that she brings to it. So yeah. I really advise stay away from the hourly thing mm-hmm. and talk about the value. Exactly. Yes. And what you're giving them, what you're bringing and that, and that's uh, all of us need to do that more when they ask you how much is it to shoot with you that you start off with, well, let me start by, this is what I'm going to do for you, for your shoot. This is what I provide here are my services rather than how much this is going to cost me per hour. A few other things to think about, um, Mike, when you do your actual shoot, uh, and I'm excited to see the shots, is I think if you want to get more um, sort of bang for your buck when you're actually shooting, uh, think about shooting all the band shots on a tripod. So if you've got uh, everyone set up in a certain position, take lots of shots, use a tripod so that if, if it happens that you get that great shot where 
six of the band members look amazing and mm. one of them doesn't, you can actually very easily go back and uh, swap a face out, swap the head of the good shot with the, you know, the bad shot and then you've got your great shot out of that. So it just gives you far more options if you shoot this sort of stuff uh, on a yeah. tripod and some uh, few suggestions as to what to do uh, to get uh, some variety out of the shots. I like to uh, – band members I find can sort of not really enjoy being photographed. So yeah. I always ask them to bring their instruments along and they kind of like – it's like me with my camera. If I've got my camera, I feel a bit more secure. I think a lot of uh, musicians feel the same way when they're holding mm. their guitar or their harmonica or their uh, drumsticks or things like that. So bring yeah. those along – and even if you're doing their headshot, you you might let them think that you're doing a full-length shot or a three-quarter shot, but you're only doing a headshot, but they've got that security that they're holding on to something that, that makes them feel more relaxed. You can get a yep. better shot. Um, and more confident. And the- Exactly, because they've mm. got something to hold on to. And the other thing is uh, I, I try and I've always, every musician that I've photographed, I've asked them to play for me or sing for me or do a, a little jam session just to relax them. And mm. and um, and it's it's that's a great way to get headshots as well because you can get those candid laughing shots as they're all jamming together. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can make them think that you're doing wide shots, which you probably could, but then zoom in, get you get those good reaction shots which uh, sort of liven everything up and uh, make everyone look relaxed. So always try and give someone, everyone something to do and that uh, makes the shot, the, the whole shoot be, you know, a lot a lot freer and, and uh, look a lot better. So there's some tips for shooting bands, bands and babies today. Yeah, bands and babies. I can't Today's wait to see. It's been brought yeah. to you by the letter B. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see the results of this. So make sure you post them, Mike, really look looking forward to having a look yeah. at, um, you know, the outcome of this shoot with the band. Uh, mm. Well, this is a snapshot, uh, so a mini-sode, so we will uh, wrap up. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and uh, at Gina Militia on Instagram and at Gina Militia on Twitter. <laughs> And you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram. And also make sure you check out the gold community at ginamilitia.com. Just go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the community to find out about all of the fantastic things that you can get if you join as a member. It's a fantastic, dynamic group of photographers who are doing some, kicking some pretty major goals. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the community? community is that Gina gives photo critiques. There's also a live monthly mastermind which where you can ask Gina all of your questions, but this is also recorded in case you can't make it to the mastermind. There are regular tutorials every month from Gina where you learn so much because it's all really practical and really fantastic advice. I know I've, I learn heaps from it each time and it's just a great place to hang out and talk to each other. Yeah. Um, Okay, wonderful. So we will return to regular programming in our next episode. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.